0: They're referred to as the minor prophets not because they are less important but because of their length primarily. And Joel is a very powerful because the the subject matter is the judgment of Yahweh, the the day of the Lord. And of course the day of the Lord is, is always twofold. Unfortunately sometimes it's what's mentioned is the judgment part and not the salvation part. The day of the... Yes? Hey, we don't need the on the screen. No, you know, know. we're done. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You're off. You're done. You can you may. You may take a seat. <laughs> 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 the day of the Lord is referred to as the day of judgment, and rightly so. But it's also a day of deliverance. He comes to save his people. He, in the day of the Lord, he will deliver... Israel. And this is where we kind of pick up the subject matter again. We ended last week with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which was quoted by Peter on the day of Pentecost, verses 28 uh, through 32. Uh, This is that which was spoken of by Joel the prophet. And uh, we know there's an outpouring of that. And we're in that phase. We've talked about those various stages. You have the Age of chaos, time from Adam to Abraham. Then we have the age of Torah, from Abraham until the coming of Messiah. Then after Christ was crucified, we have this age of grace. Each of those ages lasted 2,000 years. Then the final age, believed by many, will be a thousand-year reign of Messiah. And we are at that juncture between... 6,000 and the 7,000. Now, one of the things, and I mentioned this before, but setting the stage for the coming judgment here, there's always uh, a little bleed through from one age to the next. Like Jesus came during the age of Torah, but and then the age of grace really, and that didn't end until about 75 AD when the temples finally destroyed the sacrifices. And then 70, that happened in 70 in Jerusalem. 75, it happened in Egypt because there was a temple there. Still the remnants from what Jeremiah was drugged down there, at Babylon, there were still remnants there in Egypt. Well, that one got wiped out by Rome, by the, uh, the Roman army in 75. So that officially ended that age. But there's bleed over. It's kind of like a running a re. Uh, a relay race you know there's a time when the two runners are running together and there's a handing off of the baton and both of them are running together and then eventually there's the break off and then the other runner takes the lead and so uh, this is what we can expect now for those of you who are really into time because you know you realize the Gregorian calendar is both lunar and solar Uh, And the Jews, all the way up until just not too much after the return of the Babylonian captivity in Second Temple time, they used the solar calendar. The Dead Sea Scrolls reveal that. These are studies, these are some of the things that are being found uh, and discovered in the writings. Um, Dr. Ken Johnson has done extensive work since the 90s uh, on the Dead Sea Scrolls and pulling out a lot of this stuff. The scenes in that little Qumran community uh, adhered to the solar calendar. These guys knew when the Messiah was come. This is why the Magi, the guys coming from the East, they were dialed in on it because they were passed down disciples of Daniel and his witness there. And they guys were like, they were watching the time clock. What was the time clock? Which we don't even pay attention anymore. The time clock is... And the celestial stars, they, you know, uh, it's called, it's referred to as theologians as cosmic theology. Now I saw that sounds like that's really out there. Well, just read Revelation 12. And Psalm hmm? And Psalm 19. Yeah, Psalm 19, the line has gone out. There's th- That's God's time clock. The way that he set up the stars and the sun and the moon. You read that the uh, moon is under the... Woman's feet, she's great with child. The sun is about her, and then there's a garland of 12 stars around her head. Well, if you look at that constellation, it's, it's appeared, and, which is I means we're, we're near the, near the time. So some people think it, it appeared exactly like it was supposed to in 2017. I don't know. But going back to the time clock, And that bleed over from one time period to another, uh, based on the solar clock, 2025 is the beginning of that transition. It'll be a 50-year, it's like about a 50-year jubilee period of that bleed over, that, you know, that runner exchange, if you will, in the relay. So it's at the door, guys. And this is what makes this you know, sort of interesting tonight as we read through this coming judgment of the nations, and um, it's as sure as we're sitting here and standing here tonight, this is going to happen, you know. You know, you hear, you read what Peter says, you know, the people that scoff, Oh, Jesus is coming back, right. And they will mock you, they will snicker, that's exactly what they do, they're scoffing. But, because what do they do? They take the patience of God and they they think that that is the acceptance that God is, God doesn't really care. He doesn't care if people are homosexuals. He doesn't care if they're lying politicians. He's not going to deal with that. Do not be deceived. And boy, when we've read through this book and we see the locust and his supernatural army that he uses, I mean, you. And I think... This year could be a a rollout. Somehow, I just think, as I talk to you guys and others, there's just this feeling. I hate to use the word feelings. You know that worst song ever written, right? (laughs) You, You just have this... We just know in our hearts that you can't continue to do and live in a culture like we are living in and not have some repercussions it's going to come home to roost at some point in time, right? You just have that. It's
1: also not the silliness of Y2K. You know, I mean, Y2K just seems so silly. Everybody's focused on a computer crashing. Computers crash all the time. We're still here. So.
0: Yeah. So let's pick it up here. Verses 1 through 8, we'll begin with, um, in those days. For behold, in those days, at that time, so let's stop right there so we get a framework. In what days? In the days of what we just read, verses 28 through 32. When God is pouring out his spirit, we are living in the age of grace. He's poured out his spirit upon all flesh. You want to you want know if you're an old man or a young man? Are you seeing visions and prophesying? Well, then you're still a young man. If you're old, then you're dreaming dreams. Like something like that, right? Behold, in those days at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there. On the account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, they have also divided up my land. If have cast lots for my people. I am given a boy as payment for a harlot and sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Indeed, what have you to do with me? O Tyre and Sidon and you coastlands of Philistia, Will will you retaliate against me? But if you retaliate against me swiftly and speedily, I will return your retaliation upon your own head because you have taken my silver and my gold and have carried your temples, my prized possessions, and also the people of Judah and the people of Jerusalem. You have sold to the Greeks that you may remove them far from their borders. Behold, I will raise them out of the place of which you've sold them and return your retaliation upon your own head. And I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the people of Judah they will sell them to the Sabians, Sabians, to a people far off, for the Lord has spoken. You know, and as we read through this, we can see that God employs that. He takes very seriously the sowing and reaping principle of life. If you sow, you will reap. So whatever people sow is what they reap. And, we, and when it comes to judgment, it's the same. So... um In those days, when I bring back the captives of Jude and Jerusalem, when would that have been? Anybody want to venture an answer to that? When when did he bring back the captives? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that an interesting... Why did he pick 70? Anybody know why he picked 70 years for their elongated captivity in Babylon? There were 490 years in there. There should have been a... It went, you know, one year uh, year of rest for every seventy year, uh, seven years. So God got the payback. (laughs) Let's let the land rest, and so that's essentially what happened. But this is what Jeremiah wrote in Jeremiah 29. We use this, and it's applicable to us because it's such a powerful scripture. But this is the context of Jeremiah 29:10. Thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you, perform my good word towards you, and cause you to return to this place. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all nations and from all places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place which I caused you to be carried away captive. And so this is this is God keeping his word. Uh, one of his words to them is in Leviticus 26 says, um, I'll scatter you among the nations and draw out a sword after you, and your land shall be de- desolate and your cities waste. If you fall into idolatry and you worship these false gods, like these nations that I drove out before you in the promised land, you're going to get what's coming to you. And God is not mocked, right? We, we've we all walked with the Lord long enough to know that that's, that that's his way. And we learned his ways. One of the things that's interesting about this is um, that this is... This happened with Ezra and Nehemiah coming back and reestablishing the second temple period of time. And then that would be followed up by that, what we refer to as the 400 years, silent years. Well, they weren't really silent in, in, in some communities that were worshiping the Lord and things that was going on in history. Uh, but they were silent in, reg- in regards to the prophetic utterance. There were no prophets during that time writing scripture and, and, and speaking to the, to the captives. But when you read this about the nations, always understand when you use the word nations, pretty much the Gentiles. It's a reference to the Gentiles. And he's going to gather them uh, for judgment in the Valley uh, of Jehoshaphat, which means really it's the valley, uh, it's where Yahweh will judge. That is a literal translation of, of the Valley of Jehoshaphat. He's going to judge them for how the nations on how they treated Israel. Any New Testament prophetic utterance in regards to this portion of Scripture that come to mind? Matthew 25, you want to turn there? Matthew 25. Jesus centered this as part of what would happen in those days after the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. At the return, when we, but we're we about ready to hand the baton to the next era, you know, the next age, Matthew 25, 31, when the Son of Man comes in His glories. Now remember, when you hear the word Son of Man, that's divinity. That's, he is a man, yes, but on a, on a greater sense, that's Daniel 7. He is the Son of Man. He's divine. This is what got Jesus... Killed for using this term. One of the reasons. When he comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations, the Gentiles, will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And then you can go through this and it comes down to essentially how they treated Israel. If they were pro-Semitic, they're sheep, and they'll be allowed to continue on to the millennial reign. If they're anti-Semitic, well, they're goats, and the goats get slaughtered. It's over. The judgment will be final. So in other words, the sheep are going to be allowed to continue on. This is a kind of a mysterious thing to us when we consider the, how this is going to transition into the millennial we're going to have people that will be judged at the second coming they'll be in the flesh like we are now if they were pro-Semitic they'll enter in but we'll, we'll be here serving, the, the disciples will return with Christ, they're going to set upon thrones, Israel's going to be reestablished as a nation, he's going to, as we read here in Joel, he's going to sit upon his throne and rule I mean, this is kind of like, how is it, we're going to be in glorified bodies surrounded by people that are just natural Isn't that kind of strange? Yeah. We live the whole... We don't ever die. We're going to be here the the thousand years and then into eternity like that. Go ahead. What did you have a question? What is Semitic? Jewish. If you're pro-Jewish, anti-Semitic, you know, you're against the Jews. Yeah. Yeah. Jews are called Semites. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um... Now they divided, notice we read there, they divided the land. Sound familiar? <laughs> I mean, they've been doing this for a couple thousand years, taking, this isn't, any, this doesn't belong to anybody except the Israel and the Lord, and he he gives the lands across this world to whomever he chooses, and he just happened to carve that one out for them, so you yeah, uh, They're going to be judged for taking what wasn't theirs and for um, making slaves of the Israelites, casting lots for them. You know, dividing, you know, the idea of casting lots is basically they were dividing the spoils. To me, this is sort of a, a hint at pedophilia. They're given a boy's payment for a harlot. I just, I don't know. I mean, I can't prove that. It's a little sketch to me. You know, these people are really messed up, but they're going to be judged for that. Now, turn with me to Hosea 5.15. We covered this in Hosea. And I want you to have this in your little prophetic compartment in your brain. It's one of these prophecies that I find really good. 5.15 the impending judgment on Israel and all these uh, things, now that we're in the context of judgment, this one fits in here. It says, this is I, the I here is Yahweh. I will return to my place till they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face in their affliction, and they will earnestly seek me. No, this is this is an ongoing thing. When God judges, then He expects them to repent. And this is, you know, you see this with Israel back and forth throughout their history. But the point I'm making here and bringing out is, I will return again to my place. What is he talking about there? Does anybody have any clue what he might be talking about? Or why would he say that? To have, I'll give you a hint. To have returned to your place means you had to have left it first. So how, what place was Yahweh at that he left that he would go back to? What about the incarnation? He left heaven, come down, rejected, neither held accountable for their decisions. And I'm going to go back to my place, ascension, until what? They acknowledge their offense. What's going to happen in the last days, right before the, tr- Jesus returns? What's going to happen in the nation of Israel? Yeah, they're going to look upon the one whom they've pierced, Zechariah, and they're going to. It's going to like, the blinders are going to be removed, and they're going to like, how did we not see this? They're going to repent. They're going to return to the Lord. And it and so when we start seeing all these there's just a lot of Jewish people getting saved right now, I just find it really interesting we're we're in that bleed over period. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> the point is you know he makes here back in Joel we'll jump back here says what what do you have to do with me? These people and the people that are that are have given themselves over to these idols. We look at what the leaders. We know that all leaders, uh, not all leaders, but many of them, it, all governments end in tyranny. It's just a matter of time. The fallen angels seduce, deceive, and the, they they get drunken with power and authority, and they just enslave the people so they can, you know, do whatever they want with them. It's just, it ends up in total deprivation of, of what's right. They just are de- depraved people and they have nothing. They're just so wicked. What have you had to do with me? And you know, I was really amazed at how these people appear to be righteous. This is the part that's just so galling to me, just... The mitigated, the unmitigated, gulf for these two people act like they're right with God, and they're, they're God's representatives. When in reality, they're some of them are pedophilia. You know, they commit and live in this. So I just the Lord is very explicit, and so when you come to this place of judgment, there's no. Well, it's not fair. Oh, it's more than fair. He's been merciful. So these uh, nations who are attacking Israel will be judged. Uh, Tyre and Sidon. Uh, if you want more information about that, you can look up Ezekiel uh, 26. There's a couple chapters there: 26, 27, 28. Talk about um, there's some comparisons there with Satan himself, uh, with the king of Tyre. But those are the ones. If you it says the coastlands of Philistia. Notice where, even today, where, where's the tax coming from? <laughs> what, not the West? What, that Yeah, Gaza. That, that's it's still happening. They're the ones that are the troublemakers. The Hamas and all, you know, it's stealing. You know, the silver and the gold. One of the things that, if you're standing on the Mount of Olives and you're looking over the Temple Mount. You see the the Dome of the Rock and then you see the mosque, the El Al Mosque. One is gold and one is silver in their roof colors. And what does the Lord say? The silver and the gold are mine. You're trespassers and you're going to be kicked out. I just and they've taken what does not belong to them. And planted their gods there. So there's a little uh, crossover there. In Verses 9 through 11, he says to prepare for war. Proclaim this among the nations, prepare for war. Wake up, you mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. And let the weak say, I am strong. And assemble and come, all of you nations, and gather together around. Cause your mighty ones to go down. There, O oh Lord. So this is does this phrase sound uh, sound a little familiar? It, remember what's going to happen during the millennial reign. It's the opposite of this. Where they're going to beat their swords into plowshares, and the pruning hooks or the spears will be made into pruning hooks. It's the reversal. But in this case, prior to that, there's going to be a war. And he's telling them how to handle themselves. Let the nations assemble. And then of course twelve through twenty-one, they're brought to the valley of decision, and which we just covered. This is this is the historical setting at the end. And Jesus kind of goes through how the judgment will take place there in Matthew twenty-five. And why some are rejected and why some are accepted—it really comes down to the treatment of Israel. Um, That—that's that, what we're talking about here. Let the nations be awakened and come to the valley of Jehoshaphat, where I will sit and judge the surrounding nations. This is why I don't understand—you know—some of the theolo- theological positions where they—they they have no—they—they they don't even talk about any kind of coming judgment like this. They totally deny, you know. Dis, this dispensation of, of Christ coming and judging. It's like, it's just they're going to be the end of the world and that's the way it's going to be. And that's like, wait a minute. There's way too many other details about the end. And uh, it, it's, yeah, 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 it's a, yeah. Satan's bound and he's, you know, as Chuck used to say, yeah, Satan's bound, he's just got a long chain. <laughs> it's sarcasm. <laughs> it's sarcasm. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Folks are, at least i into them a lot and I, I don't understand how they take this do you
0: have not really I, I, I think a lot like for example a lot of this um, spiritualization like of, of revelation right. it's all been taking place it's all was from August and the, oh, really the, yeah he's the one that started that whole thing one of the things that the you know even the early church fathers, and then, of course, Augustine's, you know, 4th century, and he's basically the father of the Catholic Church. He's the one that brought in the idols and the candles and all the other crazy stuff. The issue was, is because the Lord hadn't come back yet. And there was just, you know, the the early church, even the apostles, they were looking for, you know, like, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom? And that was the first thing out of their mouth when Jesus, you know, before he left, like they wanted an answer. He says, well, that's not for you to know. The times and the seasons are Acts 1. And so, but they struggled with that whole thing of, of the Lord hadn't returned yet. And so they begin, well, that must mean he was spiritualizing it. And so that's part of how it, but see, the thing with covenant theology and just you know, um, which we get Calvinism and that whole you know theology movement, Calvin was actually a disciple of Augustine, which is I find ironic you know that they would be come out against the Catholic Church, but then there's things and and there's a lot of people who believe that the Catholic Church thinks. They still control the Protestants, and it's just a matter of time when the errant child will return. And if you look at what's happening in the world today, there is a big movement towards this—you know, high church, formal, formal uh, worship, the Gothic. You know, the I want to feel. In, you know, it's more of a how you feel. Tables, all that stuff. It's there's a big movement to it uh, in, in the. Protestant church, so there might be something to that. I don't know, um, but you know, verse thirteen talks about, oh, and this looks like you know Revelation so, I "Put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe, the wine press is full, the vat's overflow." I mean, this is just an exaggeration. The, the Lord waits, and He waits, and when judgment comes, it's 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 almost like overdue. Uh, it should have happened you know, before, type of thing. Verse 15, sun and the moon will grow dark, the stars will diminish their brightness, and the Lord will roar from... I mean, there's going to be... During the millennial reign, there's going to be somewhat of a, a remodel job. I mean, it's going to be more... There's going to be a change in the way the earth is because people, the long age will be uh, extended some people will live, like, all the way through from the beginning. A child, if he dies at 100 years old, be, a person who dies at 100 years old be considered a child. So uh, a lot, something, some things are going to happen with, you know, they talk about the new heaven and earth, but then people think, well, Peter says the whole, all the elements are going to melt with a fervent heat. Like, wait. So when you, and this is something that I think is in, um, the Heaven Book. Uh, what's his name? Randy Alcorn. Yeah, Randy Alcorn. He talks a little bit about this. When you talk about the elements melting with a fervent heat, so we get this idea that it's just going to blow this place up. Well, we kind of are living in sort of a hologram, right? I mean, we, we know that the, there's at least 10 dimensions. You know, talk to Chuck. We'll have to talk or listen to Chuck Messer. We can't talk to him anymore. He's in heaven. But he talked about there's at least 10 dimensions that we know of. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, huh? It hurts my head. i a theory, theory about what it said earlier in the chapter about lava. Oh, yeah. There's, you know, there's nothing left. And then la- when it comes back, it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah right, you know, from, from, to, when you're talking about a we, we the, of making the earth a beautiful place. The atmospheric conditions are, are going to be different, in yeah. some way. And I don't. I think we'll have a new heaven, a new earth. So it doesn't mean that this one's like blow up the planet. Yeah. I don't see, that's not what it means. I think it means this present fallen state is going to be altered and there's somewhat of a rehab during that thousand year period. To allow people in the flesh to live, uh, for example, longer lives, it'll be a thing of. Think about it. This is the Lord. He's not going to live in this mess. <laughs> I mean, I look down these roads and I see trash. I'm thinking, we have made such a mess. Landfills. Who thought that was a good idea? I mean, let's be honest. Though, this place is prettier than most. Of the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: crazy to think. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A different state of perception where they could move yes like in any axis that they chose to and like at like crazy speeds you know what I mean it's just like so the the unveiling and the tearing of the of the dimensions
0: as mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. it to, to join with the rest of what's really there you know what I mean probably we've been dumbed down the model, yeah. right yeah I mean we really we can't even get there we can't relate to to that you know you know <laughs> For, chuck would go into these he, he taught one of our cl- leadership and administration and we did everything but leadership and administration in his class and he was talking about this you know like if we had a two dimensional world like a flat piece of paper and if you were a third dimension person you ran in your finger through it wouldn't look like a finger it would be it'd be a circle of course I still haven't figured that one out but yet yeah, but he goes into these analogies and and it's just try just trying to understand that is what we're talking about when you talked about these these multi dimensions we don't have the that part of our being is deadened apparently we just we don't need it and we can't comprehend but i do believe that as soon as we leave this restricted body and i think I think it's a hundred times more. Our perceptions will be a hundred times greater as soon as we leave the body. And we're like, whoa, the greater reality is like around us. Well, and and the angels did the same thing. Like when Peter was in prison, and they, you know, they put the guys to sleep. They walked through the place. They didn't even have to touch the lock; just open. I mean, whoa! This we like. Oh, that's magic, right? To us or something. Yeah. No, yeah, we we definitely need an no... over Right, Yeah, we we needed a, an overhaul, that's for sure. I like it he says that that he tells Jesus just uh multi-dimensional being on So not to go back to the
1: beginning. That's fine <laughs> Mm hmm. Sold a for wine that they may drink. Is this, that doesn't seem, stuff like that seems to happen in every godless
0: society. Yeah. Children but, are abused.
1: Um, am I being too critical? I mean, I'm just, I don't, to me, that's just like an indication.
0: Which, which version are you reading? Are you New King uh, James? Or? This is the... See, this NIV? NASB. Yeah, okay, that's that's good. What do you have in yours? I have ESB. Yeah, what's it say? Um, people, about verse um uh, verse... Uh, three. 3. 3, 3, Oh, 3. And I have cost a for my people and traded a boy for a prostitute and I'm sold a girl for wine and have drunk it. So, so, who... Controls prostitution. This is how you get there. Who controls prostitution? Mostly they're pimps, right? They're male. Con- they're stronger. They can lord it over to control that. So they, why would they want a boy? Why would they take a boy in payment? I mean, these people are messed up.
1: Yeah, but he was just talking about that's not necessarily a sign of the times.
0: a sign of the world. Depravity. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I'm, Mm-hmm. no no it, I think so let's just think about this for a minute when you have all the money money's you don't even think about it because you have all you'd ever need no I mean in your possession these people they're on the greatest drug isn't drugs it's power right so these people once you have that they're still a void so they, they end up worshiping Satan, which always involves. Yeah. The unthinkable, shameful acts against the innocents. I blame Eddie for this, but I watched the movie Nefarious. <laughs> <laughs> and that whole thing with abortion, if you've seen the movie. I mean, you couldn't have the guy should get an award for his acting because he just absolutely nailed down what happens spiritually in the in how they're just it's like a drug to the enemy when this sacrificing of innocence. You know the term bloodthirsty gods. Mm. Term bloodthirsty gods mm. I have human blood. Mm-hmm. Life, why life is in the blood? There's something about that that. Um, I think 18 through 21 is basically the millennial reign. We can kind of end with that. that (laughs) Actually, let's just finish. (laughs) You guys, you can inject your thoughts. And it will come to pass in that day that the mountains will drip with new wine and the hills will flow with milk and all the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water. A fountain shall flow from the house of the Lord, and the water and water the valley of, of the Acacias. Egypt shall be a desolation, and Edom a desolate wilderness, because of the violence against the people of Judah, for they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall abide forever, and Jerusalem from generation to generation. For I will acquit them of the guilt of bloodshed, whom, whom I have not acquitted, for the Lord dwells in Zion. So this is this is the fulfillment of you know, uh, Emmanuel. I mean, he is going to dwell among us, and the Lord will roar. I mean, that tells you you know he's going to be speaking from Jerusalem. He's going to be, uh, ru- he's going to rule with a rod of iron. There's no, th- this whole thing of. We think people are going to get away with stuff. that will not happen during the millennial reign. It will be a hardcore rule, and we will be the magistrates under his authority, doing his bidding. But the land will be blessed. The curse is going to be. This is why I think. The, this is why I said earlier that there's going to be an unaltering. The curse is going to be lifted. Look at the land's going to. You know, the land, the earth could produce a lot more than it produces, and if you. There was a guy years ago. I just thought that he decided. And he lived in California, and he decided, "I'm going to do exactly what the Lord said with my produce. I'm going to tithe it. I'm, you know, he, he just, I'm going not that I'm going to be more righteous. I'm just going to obey the instructions." He he, six years, all that, everything. He was getting like oranges this big, <laughs> and he he. he he, he just gave so much away. He couldn't handle it. Um, it was quite a testimony. And, I, and just thinking about how much more our land could produce if we would treat it well. I mean, I think some of these petroleum-based fertilizers are destroying our property that, that produce what we could actually produce with it. Growing up on a farm, I mean, the, there's... There's two different kinds of fertilizer, and the one was always better. The natural was always better. (laughs) Let's put it that way. One one thing I thought was interesting, I'm sorry. No, 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 we're fine. What's interesting is do you remember the
1: old Joy of Cooking cookbook? Like the old, and and do you remember if if you grew broccoli in Iowa, it would say, this is your vitamin content
0: in California? I don't remember that. I didn't
1: know that. um, My mom had ones, probably my grandma's.
0: Sure. Uh, not only, but I've seen one, yeah. Okay, so it had that information on in there, but, huh. but they had to revive, it's, it's no longer about All right. Uh, yeah. Of what it's done. yeah, it's got to look pretty in the market. I about when he talks about each egypt and Yes.
1: Mark of those who mm-hmm. were against it's it. true. I mean, that's the goat, you know what I mean? Like the effect of the goat. They not only are they not going into the millennium, their land is going to be like a sign that
0: they were against God and there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, I, like, you know, it's hmm Desolate. It's and it's because of the how they it comes down to how they treated his people. Yeah. If you done it unto them, you done it unto me. Mm-hmm. And so I I like this. There's a song out. I don't know how the song, but it's it has Israel forever. I mean that is a, that you might that you can't say a more truer statement. It's Israel will exist forever. I mean this is what's we're what we're reading here from generation to generation. I I think that's forever, right? <laughs> I have a question. I'll end with this. You know, the ending here. There's forgiveness. And we know that at some point Egypt will also be healed. The the Egyptians a relationship. There's a a connection there that the Lord will eventually heal. But um, have you guys given much thought of what will happen at the end of the millennium and will there be it, like God intended it to be at the beginning of the Garden of Eden. Will human beings be continually being born through eternity? Have you ever thought about that? And I, I don't have the answer. And it might be just crazy thought. But what I'm getting, you know, we, we now live our life, we're, we're, our generation, our era will be referred to as the children of the resurrection. Will have died, but if they're born into a perfect, you know, what will happen to the people in the millennium that make it through? Will they will they just get glorified, or and God just end this whole thing of of natural reproduction, or will they have eternal? <laughs> it's a good, interesting thought. To, I've always I don't have the answer to, but have you guys ever? <laughs> all the people at the end, you know, when they, they rise up against, you know, when Satan is released and yes. this huge war and all those eight people against God will be destroyed,
1: you know, the blood as high as the bridle. And that's that. But all the people who are not against God, but they're still on earth and they're not, have not, you know, yeah, there is like a slice of, 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 creat- of beings that are still right with God and, you know, they're, they're, it doesn't almost like, I don't know, yeah, there's like a question
0: mark, like, what happens to them? Mm-hmm. They, do they have another resurrection? Well, you know, the, the world, the new heaven and the new earth, the earth is going to continue forever. But how's that supposed to work out, right? Who's going to be the citizens, right? In what form are they going to be in? Will they not have any restrictions to their dimensionality, you know, like it should have been in the garden? because that you know i think it's getting back to eden at some point i i've always had that in the back of my mind anyway Well, we do so you can we